In this second and final hour of Rhythm Running River, we will hear the latest Youth Speaks Out. In the past year, this show has often featured recent graduates of Laytonville High School. Two of the hosts have been Karuna and Natalia, who are currently attending college online from the mountains of Mendocino County. Both are remarkable, motivated young people rising up from our community. I asked them to speak about women's history and growing up female in Mendocino County. Here is Youth Speaks Out for March 2021. Welcome to Youth Speaks Out, a show featuring the voices of young people in Mendocino County. I am the producer of this program, Dan Roberts. I maintain a website of easily listened to past episodes of Youth Speaks Out. There are scores of shows to stream or download at our website, youthspeaksout.net. Check it out. When school was in the classroom, it was much easier to create these shows. It was, for the most part, a monthly show for over 20 years. This project is supported by Laytonville Healthy Start with Jameis Shields Spence. The guests today are Karuna and Natalia, recent graduates of Laytonville High School, now attending college online. These conversations were recorded online. I asked Karuna and Natalia to think about Women's History Month and talk about inequality, gender roles, the Trump effect, and if education was improving the situation women face in our society, and to name a few women who inspired them. We will begin with Karuna. Hi, Karuna Gillespie, a former Laytonville High School student who's been on you speaks out many times and was a leader at the school and is now doing online college. Well, I'm actually on spring break this week, which is awesome. But um, yeah, I'm in school right now online. Um, it's going pretty good. Um, I feel like for some reason, the second semester, I'm starting to notice um, more issues with like the teacher-student communication online. I feel like I'm watching some teachers struggle to get their ideas across and make sure the students actually understand. And I think for some reason, students are more afraid to say that they don't still understand something online. I think they don't want to like take up class time. And Okay. So what classes are you taking? So right now I'm taking intro to psychology um, I'm taking a freshman humanities course called Nature and Society. Ooh, that sounds um, good. I'm taking, yeah, that one's my favorite. I'm taking a calculus one, my first calculus class. Um, and I'm taking an intro to public administration. It's like a government class. This is Women's History Month. And so I wanted to do a show that kind of got younger women's opinion on things about women. So for example, what do you think of Women's History Month? Uh, I think there are pros and cons. I think um, it definitely serves some aspect of bringing awareness to um, 
the history of women, but also um, I think deciding to celebrate women's history in one month, I don't know, doesn't quite do it. <laughs> I think it, instead of having a women's history month it, to just be women's history all the time. Yeah. I personally, I feel like every holiday thing that gets created becomes a commercial opportunity so that they can make Hallmark cards about it, and, you know, that there's a special women's candy 100%. or whatever, you know, it's like there's a commercial thing. Setting aside a time to focus on it and really talk about it and teach people about it. Um, yeah. It seems like a positive thing. Have you thought about three women who inspire you? Yeah. It took a while. I feel like, so one woman who inspires me is um, Starhawk. You probably know Starhawk. She's activist, writer, environmentalist, and she's also sort of like kind of the founder of the modern goddess religion uh, movement. And I've my mom used to read some of her like childhood, like children's stories when I was a young girl, and I read one of her books a little while ago, The Fifth Sacred Thing, which I absolutely loved. So she's definitely someone who really inspires me. The second one, um, AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Um, I think she, beyond everything that she's physically changed for us, I think just being someone that young women on government can look up to and see that the fight isn't hopeless and that there are people who are already fighting for the things that we want to fight for. And I say that as a young woman wanting to go into government, that I, it's amazing to, to see her do her thing. The third one took me longer, but really my mom <laughs> is my third one. I feel like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people say that when they ask that woman who's far as in, but she not only is she my mom, but she is like the most compassionate and giving and caring person and completely self-sacrifices her time and enjoyment to make sure that other people feel safe and are happy. And that's like, I work to get to where I can be that self -sick. Yeah, I agree with that too. Another good choice. Very good choice. Have you had experiences of being treated unequally because you were a woman? I mean, yes. Um, I'm lucky that I was raised and surrounded by people um, who haven't treated me differently because, but I've definitely experienced moments like that. Um, a lot of the moments when it's treated unfairly come from, me and Natalia recently talked about a little while ago actually, was that we noticed that when we are walking around in public, um, by ourselves, me and her and another friend or something, that we get a lot mo more look from men than if there is an, a boy with us, if we have one of our guy friends hanging out with us, um, no one looks at us at all. And sort of this realization that we, to feel safe, we feel like we have to have um, a guy around to feel safe, and I hate having to feel like that, that feels unfair. That's something that recently I was thinking about again. Um, so it's just been on my mind, but. Yeah, that sounds pretty unfair.
how about in schooling or jobs or has there been any experiences you've had there like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's school in school. Definitely a couple things. One um, was I noticed was the, just the dress code. Such intense focus on girls dress code and such a lack of attention to what guys wear. Sort of like, I remember being at soccer practice and the boys were taking their shirts off and I wanted to take, we want to take our shirts off and wear our sports bras. And they were like, no. And that, I, that was like one of the first times, I think I was like a sophomore or something. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> why are we even taking our sports bra? <laughs> but general, I feel like in sports a lot from other high schoolers too um i played on co-ed soccer team for a couple years in high school so definitely a lot of a lot of like automatic not only in the game like we would passes no one's gonna we were usually like the last people to pick be picked for stuff um but also by like other coaches and like the way that people would assume, because we were only one of we were one of the only teams that had boys and girls, and how people assumed that we were worse or that we sucked because we had girls in our team. So, how do you think equality in those situations could be brought about? I mean, how you know the whole thing of having to have a guy to not attract attention having a guy with you to, so that you don't attract attention yeah. from others. I mean, yeah. is is that something that, that could be changed by your actions or does it require the whole society consciousness to change? Or What, what do you think about that? I think to get equality, gender equality, we definitely need an entire um, shifting of our societal consciousness. I think there's decades and decades and centuries, maybe, of layers and layers of conditioning that has been done um, to enforce these misogynistic and sexist mindsets. And to really achieve equality, we have to be able to dismantle those mindsets when we're thinking about not only other people, but also ourselves. I'm, I've been thinking about how we always talk about it when achieving equality that we need to fix um, this like misogynistic system and um, like so- social and society aspects. But I think a big part of it is getting to the point where people can reflect on themselves, especially women and not look at themselves through a misogynistic gaze and to the point where we can really dismantle all of the um, conditioning that's been done to us could schools do specifically to encourage equality? Yeah, this one I thought about for a while and it was really hard. I, when it comes down to schools specifically, it's hard for them to do much about the inherent um, sexist systems that are in place. But I think just reflecting on back on the moments that I felt 
like my school was trying to promote gender equality. I just felt like when teachers, when teachers would not stereotype or assume things when, I mean, a lot of my interactions with staff wise, like they, they interaction with staff, most times they would somewhat assume things based on your gender. I mean, mostly because they grew up in a different generation and they're a little older, but um, just naturally assuming things. And that takes a lot of work. It's not something that schools can do specifically. Um, and then also monitoring um, the kind of harassment that is put onto girls by, um, by, by boys in high school and by the a lot of the verbal and somehow physical, mostly verbal attacks on women in high school. Definitely not monitored at all. And I experienced, and lots of other girls experienced, um, I probably more jokes than I could ever count ever in high school about my gender. So. Okay. Do you think that there should be gender quotas for college admissions and for jobs? Um, yes, yes, yes. I think the only way we're going to get to a place where women feel that they, and young girls feel that they can go into whatever job field they want to, there has to be a place for them to go and enough offers for women to feel like they can go into that job field. There's been a lot of it on social media. There's been a lot of attention recently on girls going into STEM and how the low percentage of STEM majors in college that are girls and the amount of sexist comments and um, behavior they receive from from other college students. And I think having the job in college quotas just ensures young girls that they they are still wanted they do there is still a place for them to be accepted do you think that women's equality is better now than it was when your mother was growing up or how about her mother yes and no with this sort of rise rise of technology and social media it brings along a lot of benefits and also consequences for young girls and women it gives young girls a huge broad platform of people and um, groups to find they can connect to and look up to that and there's so much body positivity um, that spread um, and acceptance and communities are found. I think it's easier for girls to find that empowerment um, with social media and um, the internet, but also there definitely comes the aspect of body shaming and girls who really need to compare themselves to one another. And there's a lot of things within social media, definitely the influencers that are shown and put on our social on our pages the most there's definitely a bias into who gets the the spotlight on social media um and we're still i think there's still people trying to shift that to be a more um 
open spotlight to include other people. In general, I think that we have it way easier than we often realize um, than they did. I mean, regarding gender, I don't know about as people, but regarding gender, they were treated much more unfairly for um, their gender than we are today. I think. (laughs) Is the acceptance and popularity of transgender helpful or a hindrance to women's equality? I... I don't know if it's so much whether it helps or harms the movement. It is a part of the movement. And I don't think we, we don't achieve women's equality until transgender women also achieve equality. I don't think the acceptance of them um, hurts the movement in any way. No. Do you think that the Trump era set back women's movement toward equality or he just exposed the truth of the American system? Both. (laughs) I think the fact, definitely he exposed um, the, he exposed this apparently still thriving misogynistic mindset that a lot of us thought we as a society were beginning to progress beyond and go past that. Um, he sort of, as well as exposing it, he also sort of revived it and um, brought power. So while he revealed that um, the Trumpies and their, yeah, and all that, they... It reveals that there are people that still have this sexist, um, I don't even know what to call it, crazy mindset. Um, And at the same time, lots of people, I think, it was revived and thrived. And we've seen now, definitely, the fact that um, someone like him can be elected as a president today is just proof that we have so, so far to go. And um, so he exposed, yeah, positives and negatives, I think, to the exposure. Okay, so you said that that you'd like to be involved in government or politics. How do you see yourself? What, What would you like to do? I, well, so... Really, my passion for public policy and government comes from my passion for public education reform, right? And I, I, I want to find an outlet for either helping change the systems that currently inhibit students from succeeding, or I want to be a part of a movement or organization that is combating against those inhibiting policies, I am not quite sure. I currently, I am going along with the idea of wanting to change the system. It seems like a more permanent solution. I think there's countless more things in my fingers than I could probably count flaws in our education system. And 
as watching as our society has progressed over the decades and our school system has barely evolved at all, there needs to be change. And I think, yeah, I might, I might get frustrated with the public policy government route um, and get frustrated with not being able to change anything and give up and um, devote my time to um, something that is just going to help students in other ways um, out with different outside programs. But hopefully I, that I don't quit and get frustrated. So do you think Women's History Month is something that we should continue, expand, or what do you think about it, about Women's History Month? Does it mean anything to you? Not really. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say, but I, I never really, there's no, there's no big emphasis on Women's History Month besides the um, way it's used in commercializing. I recognize it so much, it, it's, it's seen so much in ads. That's where I mostly see Women's History Month information. I mean, on social media, there's lots of people talking about it, but it, it doesn't mean that much. I never remember any emphasis on Women's History Month in school. If there was any, it was very, very little. I feel like I didn't even know that Women's History Month was a thing for a very long time. Um, so, no. I guess it doesn't really mean much to me. I don't, I don't know if it's useless. I think it could be utilized in a really great way. Um, but I, I don't think it is. Snapchat filters, I mean, that's okay, but it doesn't do that much. What else could you say about the position of women in the society that you're now an adult in? Are there things that should be radically altered or should we just continue to um, stumble toward the future? Definitely not stumble toward the future. We should definitely radicalize our future before we stumble into it. Our position is not great. It's complicated. Right now, it's really interesting to see in this Trump era all of these women um, supporting really misogynistic views. What It was so funny when I first saw this. It was kind of like, oh, they're... They're the kind of women that still have misogynistic perspectives on themselves. That's not me. Like, I don't have any internalized sexist views about myself. And then I, once I was watching these women promote these views, I started to address the times in which I find my, I found myself kind of stereotyping genders and um, sort of putting myself into a box or other people into a box. And I realized that everyone has this internalized view. And um, I think we really need to, I think once people start to let go of that mindset, restricting themselves, I think it opens up, I think it expands the movement for um, dismantling the patriarchy in general.
can you define dismantling the patriarchy? I think when I say dismantle the patriarchy, I mean to rid um, our society of the things that oppress and impact people based on their gender. And I recently have been thinking about how gender itself is really um, just a construct. And um, I don't know if we're quite that far yet in our progressing, but um, to defense the patriarchy, we have to get rid of everything, get rid of all of the systems, all of the mindsets, all of the perspectives that um, came from all the past centuries of oppression or consequences of all of the trauma that women went through. It was an entire revamp of our society, and that's part of why I, I focus, I'm so passionate about education, is I think I find so much, I find myself to figure out where is the source of um, these negative mindsets that we can fix, and not just for gender, but in general in our society. And I find that really education can completely change our society. It completely shifts how people see the world. And to start shifting people's mindsets, we have to start in education where they're getting the majority of their impact growing up. That's why I really think it's the core of most issues. I think, I almost think that colleges have a lot more work to do than high schools do, school-wise. At least from my personal experience, I, I think I'm sort of a special case. When high schools are just regulating the behavior that goes on when they're not looking, and um, the things that happen right outside the classroom, or um, the comments that are made really quietly. And I think there's also not just a lot of behavior from high school boys, um, teasing girls and pressuring them. There's also this girl-on-girl dynamic of um, feeling like they have to sort of attacking each other and a lot of of body shaming and bullying. There still is this like bullying to be cool. I mean, I I feel like it's funny. I, I feel like I heard this like ever since I was, you know, born, like for for decades, this is you know, let's get rid of bullying. For some reason, to tease people is like just so cool. Um, and so there's this girls get targeted for their bodies, for what they say, and um, what they won't do. And it's hard for schools to address it because it's not um, it's not obvious to them, and it's not clear and but really I think it's about educating the ways in which women have been oppressed and the ways in which we need to overcompensate in our society and if it's taught at early ages it will impact the rest of the rest of their lives I really think like elementary schools teaching like cultural competency and like focusing even more on the ways that um, women have triumphed over history and in, in, in education and such, just bringing the attention to the problem and being very clear and obvious that there is a problem and that we as humans need to do our part to help fix There's just no real education about the problem. I mean, they, they say, you know, they teach you about... And women 
earn the right to vote in the suffragette movement and like that's mostly it i it's there's just a lack in education 100 percent That was Karuna speaking from her house in the mountains of Mendocino County. You are listening to Youth Speaks Out, a not currently monthly show that I, Dan Roberts, produce with Laytonville High School students. All our efforts are freely available at our website, youthspeaksout.net. Now we will hear Natalia, also speaking from the mountains of Mendocino County. I'm speaking with Natalia Teneo, who's a graduate of Laytonville High School, has been on You Speaks Out many times. And I asked her and two of her fellow graduates from Laytonville High School to talk about women, since it's Women's History Month. What do you think of Women's History Month? Is that a significant event a period or what do you think of it i think it's pretty banger i think all of the like commemorative months are there for a pretty good reason i think that um yeah i think it's pretty useful i wouldn't say that i necessarily am super conscious the entire month of it being a history month just because i always have i don't know i just have a hard time doing that with any of the months like black history month other history months just because it's a whole month you know (laughs) like sometimes you just space it out to be conscious of like an entire group for an entire month isn't something that i guess all people do like i guess but um i think it's good yeah there's no there's definitely nothing wrong with it what do you think the purpose of it is i would say mostly Probably more just like keeping awareness and making sure that like there's recognition where there might not always be. I think that like, you know, in comparison to like if we're talking about like if we're separating people on like sexuality or like race or all of those other issues, like everyone needs their own separate recognition. But um I think that the purpose is just to like make sure women understand that like they're appreciated and it's not like the same as it's always been. I think that like the addition of like all these other recognition whole months is to make sure that people are aware that like it's not the exact same and like people are you know appreciating you and being aware and like spending a large chunk of time like just thinking about like the input that women have made in history i think that's pretty legit do you have experiences of being treated unequally 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 for being a woman I mean, yeah, I think that most women probably do. I think that's just like part of what it is. I think that I've never had any extreme moment where like a huge opportunity has been lost for me because I'm a woman. Largely just because I don't think I've, I don't know, maybe I will one day, but I don't, I haven't really had any experiences like that. But I think a lot of it is just an assumption of me being incompetent because of my gender or just assumption on like any skills I have just based off of that. I definitely, honestly, I've had relatively good moments. I would say the only time I've really gotten the most frustrated throughout being a woman is through sports. And I'm not even that athletic of a person. Just because that's how it always is, I think. I think a lot of it is just the fact that, like, as a woman, it's most of the time people are going to take in my physical appearance before they take in anything else. And I just feel like I'm always having to counteract that instead of just presenting myself. 
as whatever's going on inside. So how do you counteract that? The uncomfortableness of, you know, somebody meeting you and then they're checking out your body. How, how do you deal with that? Or are you able to just kind of let it shine? Um, I think to an ex- to some level, like you just have to ignore it because if you're too aware of it and that makes it the center of attention and then you're kind of doing what you didn't want to do in the first place, which was like talk about the fact that your body exists. Um, but at the same time, like I think that if people say weird things or if they're staring at me, like I'm not the kind of person to like just not say anything about her to be super shy just because I think that they're need to be other women that aren't like that in order to even out the group you know I don't think every woman has to go out and be super extra if someone's staring at them or doing things but I think that's something that I try to do on occasion but at the same time like I think that I'm intelligent and then beyond that I don't feel like I really need to prove anything to anyone that I don't have an agenda with if that makes any sense so if people feel the need to stare then that's their problem but at the same time if I feel like it's causing a real barrier then I just have to I guess step up my intelligence game I really don't like the idea of having to dress super super modestly in order for someone to pay attention to me but I think that that's definitely or at least like academic attention but I do think that that's certainly it's certainly there like it makes a difference um but I mean I don't know I mean throughout like college and stuff I haven't really under seeing where that line is. I haven't really been in a social situation in that way. So it's, I think it's something I just still need to keep learning about. So your high school experience, um, you, Eve and Karuna were almost the most dominant people at the school. Wouldn't you say? dominant what in what ways uh, well <laughs> you, you were the mean? leaders what do you, you mean you, you were kind of the lead i don't know you you certainly weren't secondary to yeah. to you know the athletic guys or anything like that you were you really held ground for sure i, I see what you mean and so but i don't know that the whole world is like that i think that Laytonville high school is much more conscious of inequality toward women and has made lots of moves to overcome that from our general society. But I mean, don't you think that there's still a huge amount of, in the actual America, that there's a lot of inequality for women? Or does that not seem that way to you? Oh, for sure, dude. Like what? Yeah. No doubt. I think that, like, I mean, just in terms of, like, I think it varies. Like, just giving, like, a whole blanket statement of women is very difficult because it's, like, there's so many different kinds of women. And every woman of a different race is having a completely different experience in society, like, regardless. I think that on some level, like, women are way farther off, especially white women are way farther off than they used to be. No doubt. Like, we have a lot more rights. Stuff's going down. But at the same time, like, in terms of, like, what we can still do politically, how we're viewed in places of power, like our decisions in terms of like still not being able to be a full time, like having motherhood while also having these other things. 
the viewpoint of like being a mother not being as strong or as powerful or as professional as a job as like any other job even though it's <laughs> even more work just all of these other things I think that like anything that's viewed as feminine is still viewed as weaker no, that's not that hasn't changed I think that it's just an option now and it's not judged as much but at the same time I think that things are still they still need some help I think that like little teenage boys are still little I think that like it's just like stuff just has to I think time just has to keep going I think that more conversations just need to happen but I do think that it's better okay so it's does it seem like from your understanding of history that it's better now than it was like when your mother was your age or her mother oh yeah a hundred percent like especially just considering myself like as a person of color like thinking about like my grandparents and things like that like the options that i have are nowhere near those options like crazy like my mom she had some options for sure no doubt but like the choices that she took were different and not the same as the ones that i have and so it ended up here, and now these are my choices. And her grandmother had nowhere near the same choices that she had. And then on my dad's side, the same difference. And I think that, like, at least personally, I think that me and my sister's generation is one of the, is kind of the first where we have a really good wide range of the same choices that everyone else has. And we have all these opportunities and the, the amount of wealth to be able to do that and the amount of freedom from our parents and from our families to be able to do all the other things that makes any sense. I don't think that necessarily any other time in my family's history, it's been as accept acceptable or as accessible or as easy, which is really interesting. But like, yeah, I'm one of the first kids. In, I think I'm the first, at least from high school to go to college or probably graduate. But it's just interesting. It's just, it's cool. I definitely think there are more options. Do you think that there should be gender quotas for hiring jobs and going to college? I think, I mean, I think that the creation of gender quotas was for really, really like messed up institutions that don't include anyone for them to have to have some people. I think that like, in order to ensure that it's not super unequal, I don't see the beef with gender quotas or any quotas, like racial quotas and those issues, as long as you're making sure that you're including the people that are up to the same par as the white people that you're including or higher because they do exist. It's not like you're just including people that are like less intelligent, but I do think that on some level, like just filling in one gender to fill in one gender can be harmful. But at the same time, if it's like an institution that's really popular or some high up job, whatever, I think that I think it's a pretty good interest to ensure that there's equal opportunities for both. But at the same time, like if, you know, I think it's all, like, based on, it, like, you know, very specific instance to instance. If it was, like, two people and one of them, the man obviously has way more credentials than the woman and the woman just has, you know, the the capabilities to fill in a gender quota, I don't think that necessarily you should just employ the woman for being a woman. But at the same time, I don't think that that's really how most gender quotas go down. Do you think that the Trump-era setback women's rights and equality or or just expose the, the truth of where America is at? Very interesting. I'm not, I mean, honestly, I'd have to, prob I 
need to do a little bit more research, but just in terms of like vibes, I think a lot of it is like very much like a social energy around like what's acceptable towards women more than like any systemic issue. I feel like he's really, really changed or did change. I think that like he just made a lot of things way more acceptable than they were, even though they already existed. They already were acceptable in the past, but he's just like the president and he's doing it. So the things that he says about women is way more acceptable than like the things some like 30 year old TV show person says about women. I just feel like I think the largest change is just in the fact that men who saw him as president saw the things that he was doing and the things that he was saying and didn't and just because he was put in the place as president didn't think about it any differently. I think also just, you know, he doesn't, <laughs> he disregards women a lot. I think that, you know, in general, if we had a different president, we probably would be a little bit farther off. But at the same time, I don't think he really did that much aside from like in a more like imagery, like political sense, make women feel below. Um, okay, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want to. Is the transgender movement helping or setting back the striving for women's equality? Do you have any feelings about that? I would say I wouldn't see any ways in which I've heard a lot of arguments for why feminists argue that trans women in particular put back feminism for some reason, but I wouldn't really agree with that. I find no real basis of argument just because like, in my mind, if a trans woman is transitioning into a woman, then therefore she is a woman and we've just like largened our ranks, you know, like I don't really see any beef. I think that a large issue is just with the fact that like, well, because trans women in particular are born, you know, as men, they don't have the necessarily the same upbringing that, you know, cis women have of like being a female child and like growing up in society like that. And then, you know, trans women have like the conscious choice of like wanting to be a woman and therefore I think a lot of women are a little bit salty with that just because like there's some amounts of pain that trans women don't necessarily have to go through because of the choice that they get to be a woman but at the same rate there's so many things that trans women have to go through that I think make them completely deserving of the title of womanhood at that same way and I think that you know the more rights the better <laughs> in my opinion I don't, like, I think that some people are worried that, like, it's taking the attention away from, like, issues in politics or whatever, but, um, no, I can't really say that I do. I think that all the trans women feminists that I've met have all been amazing and have all been the perfect state of mind for what I think that everyone should really be in for, for, like, you know, going for change and whatnot. Um, yeah, I remember hearing about... J.K. Rowling was one woman that I heard had a really big issue with trans women being in the feminist movement because she didn't really view them as women or all of these things. But I think that more than anything, it's just like people being scared of change and difference and also of like not being in, you know, any center of attention on some way. But at the same time, like, I don't think that it should be like a pain contest for like who goes through more issues like trans women or cis women. I think that we should all just be supportive for the fact that we're under the blanket of womanhood, you know? Um, but no, I don't think it makes a huge difference. If anything, it's just, I think it's just more helpful to have people both fighting for the same thing, even though you're different, you know, you're, you're different people, but I think still like womanhood being a woman is a very broad term. I've heard a person say, a woman say that, it's wrong to 
raise children telling them that they are one gender or another and that it would be an evolutionary step. I've heard that argument as well. What do you think about it? I mean, in terms of, like, evolution, biology, like, we're past that, you know? Like, we can't act like we have any connection to, like, any <laughs> evolutionary humanistic type thing. Like, I feel like we're pretty beyond, like, any of those connections. I think that, like, honestly, live your truth. I don't think that necessarily, like, giving your children the like pronouns that they're given at birth until they say otherwise is a bad thing but i also haven't really seen any issue for people that call their kids like neutral pronouns like they them until they decide that they want one but at the same time like i think it's more of like a political act than anything else because we really don't have any proof on whether or not that works you know what i'm saying like this is like the first round of people being like screw boys and girls like we do what we want which is like chill but like we have no idea it could do nothing it could really make no effect or it could do something really weird to these kids as they grow up but either way i think it's chill i think the kids have enough like mental ability to figure it out i think personally i'm just going to call my kids what they are when they're born and then if they you know want to change it that's good for them and i'll listen to them but at the same time like it <laughs> it is a decision that i'm making for them but it's not a finite decision you know i think that almost like making the harsh decision to make sure everyone goes make sure everyone does they them for them seems almost like more strict work than just calling them the gender that they were as birth until they decide not to. But to each his own, you know, to each his own, as long as it's not harming anyone else or yourself, then do it. But I don't think I personally have much energy to do something like that. I don't really necessarily think it does anything in terms of evolution. Cause like evolution, we are very aware of our roles as female and male and it wasn't really much I don't know. Like it varies from every place. I think it's so funny how human beings try to like connect stuff to like, you know, past historical OG human beings. Like we have any idea what they were up to. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of that history is gone, <laughs> and it's really interesting to think about. But I think a lot of things were simpler back then than they were now. And trying to connect them to now seems really difficult more times than not. Good, good answers. Good ideas. Thank you. And I, I'm not just saying that because I agree with you, but you, you delivered it well, too. But I do agree with you also. Can you name three women who've inspired you? Is that too too corny a question? I was thinking about this question for so long, and I don't know why it was so difficult for me to figure out three. I mean, like, of course, like AOC. I will never not think that she's really cool. I think just like as a woman of color and politics doing stuff like as a congresswoman as a or i guess she's like on the the green stuff now but either way like as a person in power i really have looked up to her also just as just as a person that looks like me too i think it's been difficult like as a kid in like the, the areas of profession that i wanted to go and i've not really seen anyone that looks like me which is fine but it's like i think a lot of my life has been recognizing that like i'm gonna have to be a role model for kids like me instead of me looking up to someone else which is chill it's not no pressure but um yeah I think beyond that like it's been really it was really difficult for me to find other people I think partially maybe just I'm just not that in tune with like people I don't know I was gonna say my mom just because I love my mom but other than that I think that honestly most most women that have to go into high places of political power like freaking 
kudos to you. I think that's one of the hardest things. Just because of how much more under scrutiny women are in places of politics and why I personally would have a really hard time being in politics and why I see like women in politics, honestly, on either side, Republican or whatever, it doesn't even matter in my mind at this point, like just having to deal with, you know, men, the whole system of politics as a woman, honestly, kudos, dude, kudos, because it just really isn't built for us. It really is. And to like do it and then do it well and succeed is something that I find a lot of a lot of cool stuff in. I think it's really interesting. But no, I can't really think of any specific names at the moment. I'm sorry. Okay. So what about your mother inspires you? Has inspired you? Just in terms of like getting stuff done. You know, like whenever in my life we've had any issues or stuff has been like rough or whatever, like it's always just been like you get her done (laughs) like I think that like most of what I've learned from my mom is just the fact that like no matter how rough stuff is like I can figure it out you know I can do my stuff she's very smart physically also very strong like I think another thing that my mom showed me is like I really don't need a man to like lift boxes for me or like do anything like that like I don't I think that a lot of what I've learned from women in my life is just the fact that like I can be self-sufficient you know I think a lot of women don't get that Honestly, as they grow up, they really do think that they need someone else, even if it's not a man, just the fact that they don't think that they can get stuff done themselves. And I think that that was one lesson that I learned pretty early on that I'm very thankful for from the woman in my life, especially my mother. Just like the fact that like I can get my own done. It doesn't have to be like me. I don't have to get all of this help from other people. And at the same time, like no one to ask for help. But I think that she made me a very strong woman in particular, not just a person. You know, I think those are two very different things. Good, good. When you were in high school, did you feel like the school supported women's equality? I mean, no, (laughs) no, (laughs) no. (laughs) I mean, it's not like they actively went against it, but I wouldn't say that they really cared that much. I mean, just thinking about, like, how many female teachers did we have in high school? I don't know. One? Is that that true? Yeah, we had the English teacher. We had Ms. Lehman. We had Tammy. And then in my senior year, the science teacher turned into a woman. But, I mean, beyond that, like, the math teacher, the science teacher, woodshop, all the other classes, aside from English and computer science, which is a useless class, were taught by women, which is, like, chill, Bill, but, like, you know, those were our female role models and you know, people had their issues with Ms. Lamin and Tanny. <laughs> I want to say that in case you know they hear this. Um, and then I just remember having so many issues with, like, the dress code and having arguments with teachers where they were just so close-minded to the point where it was, like, they still had the mind of, like, a 16-year-old boy sometimes. You know, like, I remember having conversations with Mr. Walzak, and it would be, like, I was – I would get dress coded a lot in high school, I remember, because I don't have I'll – say, I'll say I don't have small boobs, and my body is not necessarily petite – so, like, I have what I have, and it's hard to cover up if I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can wear a jacket, but that's about it. So I'd get dress-coded a lot more than, like, other women who were, like, skinnier or, like, just smaller and didn't, and had more, like, fabric just to cover it up. Um, but I remember having a conversation, and he was just like, it's just like that argument where it's like, if you don't cover up, well, then men can't help themselves. You know, like, that ideology. Like, you're, like, a piece of meat, and they're, like rabid you know starving wolves and it just takes you so aback to imagine like your teacher thinking about you like that 
you know and it's just messed up like to think about like all those other instances and i think that like i've had some you know really great conversations with like mr potter and like i don't think that they're all like weird like misogynistic pigs or anything but i do think that like on some level you know they don't know what it's like to be a woman much less a teenage woman in this time so you know there's definitely some some disconnect there and like mr henry like he tries he has daughters but like he doesn't know, you know, like, I think on some level, like, it's an openness to understanding what it's like, in order for you to really understand any of the issues of being a woman. And I think that some people just either like, haven't really wanted to think about it, or like, put themselves in the shoes, or just like, don't really want to, which is also good for them. I mean, I probably had more arguments on the basis of like, feminist ideology, instead of like, me being uplifted on the basis of feminist ideology in the school. But I mean, that's just on, like, how educated they are, too. I think that's on most. Good. Yeah. It is interesting that I'm surprised that I hadn't recognized how few female teachers there were at Laytonville High School. I Somehow, I mean, a few years earlier, there was more. Yeah, I think that... I mean, there's a very clear, like, it's weird <laughs> to disconnect. Like, the higher-up school in Laytonville, there's more men. And then when you look into, like, the elementary and middle school, like, the lower, lower classes, it's mostly women because, like, female younger school teachers are what's common. And um, I don't, like, there's a female teachers for sure. But I remember being younger, like, mostly having female teachers. But then as soon as I got older, like, it was mostly male teachers. And I think that's just a disconnect on, like, where women can think that they can be in professional areas, even in high school, which doesn't make tons of sense. But, yeah, I just remember, I mean, Miss McHenry was around, but Miss McHenry is so old. She's probably less feminist than, you know, Mr. Henry is in ideology. Like, she was saying the same stuff to me when I got dress-coded. It didn't matter. <laughs> like, I think that, yeah, on another extent, like, all of the women that we have in high school are also, you know, pretty old. And all of them are white. And so it's like, you know, you're not going to connect to a lot of the, a lot of the same women in the high school. Certainly wouldn't say I had any girl time with any of the female teachers. I cannot say. It would have been nice. And I think also female teachers got, no matter what, no matter what those female teachers look like, they got so sexualized by the students. It was crazy. And I think maybe that's another fear of just being a high school teacher as a woman. Just the fact that like all of the boys, literally you could look like a pillow and they'll still try to find a way to sexualize you because they're <laughs> bored and they have nothing better to do. Yeah. And they're being programmed to just, think that way too. I mean, exactly. it, it isn't just, just their, like, it isn't just their personal hormone level. It's our society, our media sexualizes everything. So, I mean, it isn't, it's, it's ambient kind of. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalia. For sure. And, um, the thing about, about politics and, you know, you wouldn't want to be in it. Somehow, I have a feeling you're going to be in it. But that's just my feeling. So, there you go. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Thank you, Dan. All right. See ya. Bye. Thanks for the chat. Yep. That's all for this month's edition of You Speaks Out. Laidville Healthy Start Coalition's Drug-Free Communities Project is proud to support this month's You Speaks Out. Our Environmental Prevention Strategies in the Community, also known as EPIC, is a project founded by the Office of National Drug Control Policy. 
Through our organization and coalition, we are working towards reducing youth substance abuse through a variety of strategies in the Laytonville community. If you are interested in learning more about our efforts, please contact Laytonville Healthy Start at 707-984-8089 or email JAMA at jama at laytonville.org. You Speak Style was produced and directed by Dan Roberts, who may be reached at mail at P.O. Box 1162, Willits, California, 95490, or through the website www.youspeaksout.net. There you can find out more information about the project, get addresses for contacting us, get a copy of a show, and listen to many hours of previous programs and streaming and downloadable audio. Views expressed in this program are not necessarily the views of the radio station. They are the views of those who express them. Thanks for listening. That was a new You Speaks Out, March 2021. I'm your host, Dan Roberts. Stay grounded, stay healthy, and pass that light around. See you. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.